So, Brad, even I we were just starting a conversation uh, the other day about whether we think that confidence can be taught. And uh, of course, we need to, I think we need to repeat this here, uh, the beginning of the conversation and say, and see where this leads us. So, Brad, do you think confidence can be taught? Uh, for the podcast, shall I do the short answer or the long answer? <laughs> <laughs> you pick. So look, um, in essence, my fundamental feeling is no. But what I recognize is there must be a caveat to that. Because for me, confidence is intrinsic. It comes from within. So when I see these courses saying, uh, build your confidence, the, the 10 easy steps to confidence, part of me Oh, I get a little bit frustrated, Frank. I'll be really truthful because I don't know genuinely from a, a psychological point of view if I can make you feel confident. I might be able to help you tap in to your confidence levers. So in those moments, if I share techniques with you that you could use or a practical, pragmatic uh tools, techniques, that in the moment, if you use them, they would work, you could have confidence in them. Would it make you feel confident? I don't know if I've got that much influence. So the short answer is, no, I don't think I can teach it to make someone feel confident. But I do think you can teach techniques that if people use them over and over again and become used to them, they can be confident in using techniques that work for them. So I might have wimped out of actually answering the question totally directly by giving a caveat, but I feel there's a caveat to this one. I don't know, what's, what's, what's your view once you've reflected on that answer? Yeah, well, sadly for this incredibly confrontational episode, I actually, um... I actually agree with you. Right, good. good start. In, in the, in the uh, context of that, you can't read about push-ups and then have muscle, right? So, I mean, learning something or teaching something in the sense of here's information and that's all you need, that's not going to happen for, for building confidence. I mean, it's just not possible because... You know, let's maybe we need to dissect a little bit what is actually confidence, what that means. And for example, also how that relates and how it could be different, for example, to the term self-esteem. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think they may be linked and for the sake of finding out if confidence can be taught and how or not. Um, I think it's important to differentiate that a little bit. So the way I would define confidence, it's how we feel about our abilities to perform a role or a function or a task or it's it's very competency related somehow and self-esteem is more about you know how i feel about myself how uh, the way i look up the way i think about myself and, and and maybe my abilities and i think they're linked but they're not the same thing first of all yeah. did i miss anything or am i wrong no no no, no. i i think of you know the confidence comes with competence that's what i meant to say yeah yeah no i am totally with mm -hmm. you on that you know if i'm starting working in your team today and i've never done the job before you can show me how to do something now i may have the confidence that i can do it 
but I may not be confident in doing it. So I can show confidence. And maybe this is something else we'll come on to, you know, how you can appear confident, you know, the fake it till you make it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is now, I believe that, you know, confidence is more the result of uh, things that you did, like, such as acquiring com uh, competencies, such as having made experience, such as, such as having conquered something you were afraid of at one point. So it's a consequence of all those actions. The thing is that I believe is, and maybe this is not, a, maybe it's more in the semantics. You can't teach confidence, but I believe that, for example, a, a teacher or a coach, you know, can, you know, show you a system and uh, help hold you accountable, reflect back on your progress, um, and you know, acknowledge your successes. But the other person always has to do the heavy lifting. The lifting. You have to do the heavy lifting. Nobody can do this for you. Right? You are the one who has to actually begin doing these things. So I think it can be taught in the sense of, and this is really semantics now, it can be taught in the sense of that you can get help getting there. But still, yeah, you're the one who has I, to do it. I, I think that's really important as well, because confidence is an intrinsic motivational feeling. So there isn't anybody else who can give it to me. In fact, how many people do you know in your own history as a people manager where you were giving people, you know, we talked about praise last time. How many people did you give praise to where you were trying to help instill that confidence feeling in them around their competency and they would say to you, oh, Frank, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm just doing my job. As an expression of modesty? as almost not just the modesty as an expression of they're not actually that comfortable in understanding what it is that might be going on in that moment which is their confidence is building yes it could very well be i'm, I'm sure that has happened at the same time also though um if and that's one of the other things that i said to you so something super powerful for helping someone to make a step that will then help them acquire confidence is to express to them that they that you have faith in them that you believe in them that you believe in their ability to master something or do something that they themselves don't see themselves ready to do yeah that's a that's a fascinating one for me especially as an ex-sports coach um, you've immediately reminded me of a young woman whose name i won't mention and she played football for me uh, for a league club for five years. Frank, as a female footballer, well, just as a footballer, actually nothing to do with being female, as a footballer, on the training pitch, she was magnificent. She could do the Cruyff turn. She could pass a ball 50 meters, like to a, a, a one pound coin sitting on the ground. You know, she was so accurate. She had a super shot when she hit it through her laces. Oh, it was poetry in motion for me to watch. But when you put her on a pitch in a match against people she didn't know, she disappeared. She just disappeared. And I remember her father used to come and watch the training. Used to frustrate me a little bit because everyone's a coach, right? Right. And uh, 
he always used to be like this in my ear telling me how great his daughter was and I used to say she is I wish she could replicate that in a match and she played up front she was a striker and we were playing in a game uh, in a in a big cup match and the striker who was playing was an Australian woman who had scored four goals in the game and there was maybe 25 minutes to go and her dad comes over to me and says hey uh, are you going to bring on my daughter and I said I'm thinking about it yes but I, I don't need your feedback right now. We're in the middle of a game. <laughs> and uh, I brought her on with 15 minutes. Uh, the game was won. She didn't have a big influence. And he came over to me and he said, you know, you're, you're missing an opportunity not playing her. And I remember saying to him, if you could help her build her confidence so that she could play in a, a real match rather than just a training match, that would be great. And it reminds me of, you know, people with presentation skills. Let's say you and I are going on a presentation skills training. In fact, one of the first times we engaged together, you engaged me with your people on a presentations workshop to help them become more confident in how they presented. Yeah. I can teach those people all the tools and techniques to deliver a confident presentation. But unless we uncover what it is that makes them feel nervous when they stand up, They'll never be confident with all the tools in the world. So that, for me, is then the self-esteem connection that you're making. 100%. This is exactly it. Actually, I think it's, uh, I heard about this at least because I'm not playing football myself and uh, never was so interested in it. But I, but I heard that it is a very common thing that when uh, people, even kids, um, if they play and they're amazing and training and so on, and then the moment they go into a match where they know there's, an, let's say, a professional observer that may, you know, hire them or not, it's all gone. Yeah. It's all gone because they're so afraid that they, you know, maybe not only be judged by that judge, but also about what if they fail? What if they, what are my parents are going to say to me? What are other people going to think of me if I fail? Yeah. And there is a really, really big anxiety and fear that is then completely sabotaging your courage, so to speak, to perform just the way you can. Right. So maybe when you ask the question, what can we do to help influence people's confidence, is maybe we can adopt a more coaching style to get people to understand what is it that would release them from their belief systems. The belief systems that block them whether it's fear, courage, what people will say, whatever it might be, that block them from launching themselves into playing with absolute freedom. Yeah, that's, that is the secret of, I think it's, that's where we can help the most, right? Is uh, just figuring out um, or helping the person figure out what, what is it actually that makes you feel uncomfortable, that you're afraid of that could happen, what's going on in your head. And then try, trying to find a way of, you know, how to let go of that. I know it's, you know, most advice is actually very simple, isn't it? And most of the time it's just do it. But that's not helping, it's not enough, right? <laughs> you, you know the answer is I should be doing this. Everybody knows the answer is I should be doing this. Everybody knows I should be, um, I don't know, having the courage to walk over to that girl and ask her for her number, right? 
uh, or I should be just, you know, presenting my latest, you know, strategy idea because I, I, I think it's great <clears throat> or whatever it is. It's just do it. But why doesn't this work for people? Um, because it's just the, ignoring the fact that there is something right. mostly in your own head that um, is sabotaging this courage. I think I, 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 I have a feeling you may have seen the post as well on LinkedIn this weekend where someone uh, shared a post about why 70% of people on LinkedIn don't post anything. And the highest percentage of people who don't post anything is because they're not confident that what they'll post will be any good. Right. How do you I change that, that post? I have a question about that. Was there also something about, because that's what I would suspect plays a big role also, is that people are actually afraid of what their peers, customers, whatever, are going to think of them. <laughs> And they, and they have a particular opinion. And their companies, yes. No. So I'm, I'm trying to work with people in a way that I want to really encourage them to taking steps to not caring about what other people are saying or thinking. That is really, this is magic. If you acquire that skill that you don't really care too much and you don't let it come too close when, when people are giving their judgment about you. Both whether it's negative, but also positive. It can, you, know, I don't, you don't need other people's opinion to go to your head and then determine what is your choice, what are your choices, what's your course of action. It's both of it, right? And I think I've, I've seen magic happening there, to be honest, when, when that happens, when the person starts to begins to work with themselves and saying, okay, I've heard you. I actually, that doesn't change about, you know, what I want to do or how I think or what my aim is and so on. So more or less like, thanks for the feedback, but it's for the moment, it's just that I still make my own decisions. Well, that's the beauty of feedback, right? When you're strong enough to take it, I can choose to give you feedback. Uh, you get to decide how you use it. <laughs> yes. And there's another interesting thing about being afraid what other people think of you that then eats into your courage and it eventually stops you from acquiring confidence. A lot of this is in your head. You think that maybe your mom is going to give you a hard time if you say, I'm going to stop my professional career as a lawyer and become a musician, for example. But then in fact, if you would do that, your mother would be incredibly proud of you. You're just thinking that's the reaction that you're going to hear. Completely. We, we all tell ourselves stories. We all tell ourselves stories. And one of the ways when I'm working with people on the same topic, you know, how to protect yourself from other people's views or attitudes. And as a psychotherapist, I do a lot of work with young people. And often they have mental health issues of varying degrees and a lot of it sits within the self-esteem sphere. Yes. How I'm coming across, have I got something to say? Um, when I'm out with my friends, I'm very quiet because, you know, I don't want to say something stupid or all these kinds of things that get in the way. And we all tell ourselves stories. 
And one thing that I learned very early on in my in my teens, it was taught to me by my parents, who I mentioned before, yeah, my mum and my dad, who taught me the best and the worst lessons of life, by the way. Tell me. My, dad, my dad always used to say to me, Brad, whatever people think about you says more about them than it does you. And it took years for that to really settle in for me. But once I believed it, so whatever you think of me, Frank, it's completely up to you. Now, I can, I can change your thoughts towards me by how I act, of course. But ultimately, I've got no control over what you think. That's for you. You've got to own that. I'm interested just to, to reverse a little bit back to a point you were making earlier about, you know, the... the influence we might have on helping others build their confidence a lot of it comes from our family upbringing um, our teachers um, career coaching you know when we're at school teachers saying oh you'll never amount to anything or you can't do that because you're this or you're that the influence of words and what we believe goes to your point, if we could only learn that it's what we think that's important, maybe we could actually create a generation of really confident people. Because it, it's built over years, right? It's not a one-off. If I say to you, oh, that's no good, Frank, that's not going to knock your confidence. But if I keep telling you, oh, Frank, every time you produce something, it's no good, then it's going to affect your confidence a little bit. You wouldn't be human. So the power of the interactions we have with managers at work, with our friends and family, this is really powerful. We don't even realize it. You know, when our older brother says something to us. Yeah, it's as a, as a child or as a, a teenager, that is um, a tough thing because your, your frame of reference is usually your family. What if they're not supportive? What if they're negative what if they're more dragging you down maybe with good intentions to keep you from something that's unsafe or what they don't believe is a good thing um but then then you really have a problem because you don't get that kind of support growing up but even so i mean for everybody whether that's a teenager now or um 50 year old adult some of them some of us might be carrying some of that um, judgment that we always accepted But it's time to sometimes question that. And as we, as I said in another episode, sometimes if people are dragging you down, um, the, the ones that you usually hang out with, the only way for you to build confidence is to, is, or the number one step for you to build confidence is to spend less time with those people. Because, as you say, this repeated message of somebody not believing in you, not believing in what you're trying to do and achieve, it will eventually get to you. If you have not acquired the skill to not hear what people are saying. And that's based on their stories. It's not even based on the person who's going through it, right? Precisely. <laughs> but then there's also the things such as, I mean, confidence is great, but you can also be overconfident. Indeed. And, you know, as a parent, sometimes you have to watch out that your kid is not too overconfident in the sense of, I can run across this big boulevard without, you know, taking care of the cars, <laughs> you know, uh, That's so maybe there's a compromise there somewhere in between, but forever, but for uh, these, I don't know, little abilities, I think you always have to 
somehow for yourself, but also maybe for others, specifically when you parent, is to be aware of what's the actual risk. You know, so if I fall down this, very likely I'm going to hurt myself a little. Um, is that so bad? You know, do I have to? There's always, when we try new things, there often is some degree of risk. Often we inflate it in our minds. We think it's a huge risk, but then it isn't. But it's also not good to be completely unaware of what risks might be. In the last five years of your life, can you think of something where you've taken something on where you hadn't done it before, it was going to be completely new and you wouldn't necessarily have competent confidence. I just have, and maybe that also came through experience. I have enough evidence in my life that shows me if I want to learn a competence, I can do that. Right. So if I go into something new that requires me to have new competences, I'm not afraid of the process. But I'm also aware that I need to need the competencies for me to be confident at one point in what I want to do or achieve. So for me, it's completely acceptable to go into an unknown or let's say where at least not everything is clear on how it's going to turn out into an adventure of some sort because I know I can prepare myself mm -hmm. on that journey. And I'm confident that I can. Yeah. So, however, of course, there are also people who mean well they are saying, oh, that's uh, so adventurous or that's such actually you're taking a big risk and so on. And they mean well. Um, but I, I've learned over time to honestly to not to listen. Yeah. I learned to not to listen in the sense of that um, other people's fears will determine whether I am going to make a particular life experience or not. And the psychology behind what you say there is your belief system is strong enough to carry you through a new experience without competency because you know you'll make it on the other side. You might yeah. not know quite how you're going to get there, but you trust the process that you will and you can take it on with a smile, your belief system. Imagine if you're thinking of doing what you've done in the last few years, where you didn't have that inner feeling of confidence and competence built up over years of both successes and failures, they'd never make that leap. I wonder how many people might be listening to this where they really want to do something and if you ask them why they're not, the real answer is because I don't have the confidence. I'll tell you what, you know, I'm just taking a wild guess here. If 100 people would be uh, listening to what you just said, secretly 80% of them would be saying, yeah, that's me too. Mm. Yeah. What I don't know if I'm going a little bit overboard with this, but I think I'm, I'm not. How can we change that? Yeah, well, it, in the end, it comes, it comes a little bit comes down to what I earlier discredited at, as being a too simple answer. And the too simple answer was, at one point, you just have to gotta, you gotta face the fear and you just go do it because you need positive evidence that you, you, you can succeed in something. 
maybe you don't use the big rocks first. You know, if your confidence is very low on something, take smaller steps. But it's not saving you from actually taking steps. You have to take some steps. And it's, it's miraculous how even, you know, small successes can give you enough courage to try the next bigger thing. And it's not a very long journey. We always think like, this is something I can, I'm, I'm hoping to acquire uh, in, in my lifetime, but no, most things you, you can be actually very fast with. Some encouragement from your own successes, from the people around you, and from the stories that you're telling yourself. Few ingredients, Brad. Yeah, it really is. And those stories that we tell ourselves, I think is where we can really practice when we're on our own in those quiet moments in the shower, when we're lying in bed, when we're stuck in traffic or on public transport, you know, when we're caught in our own head, yeah. where we tell ourselves these stories. We, and it goes back to something we touched on um, a couple of months back now, you know, being the DJ of the soundtrack in your head to build confidence, I need a, a different record to play because if the same record's been playing for years, that's not gonna help. Yes, and do you remember, I think it was when we were talking about anxiety, um, there's this question that you need to ask yourself is if, if a thought in your head, a song that's playing in your head, um, not literally, but you know what I mean, yeah. is actually giving you and any some sort of anxiety and makes you feel bad then you can ask yourself, is this helping me right now? What I'm thinking right now, how is this helping me? Just as, an, as, as like a snap with the finger that just gives you this awareness that, wait a minute, right now I'm telling myself something that's not helping me. You recall that? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great reference back to something that we talked about because so many of us in the moment we don't make the time to audit ourselves. We just believe what we tell ourselves. So actually one of the greatest tips maybe we could share with people who are looking to build their own inner confidence, not outer confidence that you can fake, but that inner confidence is audit what's going on in your head. And the quickest way to audit what's going on in your head is to check whether or not it's a helpful thought. No. Actually, I have an interesting uh, technique that I learned from um, a book that was actually teaching uh, your skills to ride a motorbike. Okay. There was a very, very accomplished uh, teacher and trainer. I, don't, I forgot the name because it's a couple of years ago, but I still remember this because I'm still doing this. So, um, he was suggesting, because if you want to learn a particular technique on, you know, how to perfectly, uh, you know, break before a corner so you can, you know, have the best possible uh, course through the corner, um, there were certain things that you need to be doing. However, each time you're doing this wrong, uh, you were supposed to have, you know, like a little counter on your, on your motorbike where you just, you know, hit a button and would just count one up. I never had a counter, but that's not the point. The number doesn't matter. It's just the, the affirmation, the physical affirmation that, okay, I just realized I made a mistake. So you could, might just as well you know, tip with your 
thumb on uh, in some part of your motorbike or something like that. Because what this does, it actually creates the awareness in you, right, I need to remember to do this better next time. And I think in this sense also, when you're, when we're talking about confidence and acquiring a skill and so on, um, maybe you're, when you're a little bit afraid of something and you start to tell yourself a story in the hand, maybe you need to also do some physical gesture. Maybe you touch your elbow, I don't know what, it doesn't matter. It's just to acknowledge that, all right, right now I'm thinking something that's not helping me. And that might not be true. And it's used in all forms of therapy, this idea. It's even used in extreme versions in aversion therapy. When you're trying to get people to stop really negative behaviors or when they're getting really stressed. And some people will wear an elastic band on their wrist. And when they start to feel the stress coming, you know, they pull the elastic band against their skin. And it snaps a little bit. It, it can be painful if you pull it hard. Right. And it, it physically snaps them out of the feeling. Oh, don't have those thoughts. Don't have those thoughts. Yes. And you know why I think this is a really good um, advice for you in the process of uh, acquiring confidence is because we all know we're going to sabotage ourselves along the way. At least we're going to try to. Yes. So each time you realize you're sabotaging yourself, even if you can't help yourself in the moment, I think this little physical awareness piece, let's call it like that, it, it is going to snap you out of it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the conscious, deliberate action. And maybe this goes to the point, something else we've talked about before. So these ideas are all linked where... If I practice something every day, but I practice it wrong, I don't necessarily improve. True. Um, so I need, you know, when people say, oh, well, practice makes perfect. I, actually, that's not true. Practice creates habit. <laughs> practice with feedback can get you a little bit closer to perfect. Yes. Or excellence, maybe is even better than perfect. So I'm wondering for those people who are thinking they're not confident, when you were saying before, you've got to take some steps. Maybe it's about just taking the first step. To your point, going up and asking someone for a phone number, um, going and deciding to try a new maneuver on the bike in the safest way you can. My player, uh, taking on three people rather than being frightened they're going to be tackled and it's going to hurt. You know, <clears throat> there is uh, probably a lot more to the subject and we can cover now. I think we've been going on for a while. But I think one thing that is should be encouraging is because we understand now that most of it is in our head also means that we have the power to upgrade it. We have the, we have the power to change it. It's not a set thing. It's, it's, I don't think it's something that you're, you know, um, born with and it forever stays that way, like a third arm or something like that. No, right? I you, you have the power to actually adjust whatever is holding you back so you can begin the journey on acquiring the confidence you want. Adjust and upgrade. I think you've worded it perfectly. Well, considering we were not going to agree, we've ended up agreeing. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I think I so too. this topic again there's more yeah. to discuss with it that was lovely Frank yeah. always a pleasure on Real Talk 
Yeah, take care, Brad. See you later.